So it's Saturday and the News 24 and Sport 24 teams are glued to the Rugby World Cup final. Obviously, we're working, we're always working, but um, we're working while watching the rugby and we are filing updates in one of our breaking news WhatsApp groups. You know, every organization has one. We've got one too. And in between all of the messages coming through and our reporting staff kind of filing their updates, um, a very stoic senior member of our reporting staff I'm not going to name him. Just posts one line in the WhatsApp group. And that's... I'm crying. And I just laughed. I mean, we all just laughed at him. Because really, he kind of expressed the the sentiment of just what we were feeling um, over our imminent win over England in the Rugby World Cup final. Of course, we did win it. Oh, we won it spectacularly. The country went absolutely berserk. And um, very senior journalists crying over our win um, was just the first in a long line of very funny things that happened that day. We had old Faf de Klerk in the tightest South African flag speedo I have ever seen meeting royalty. We had our boys in green and gold drinking out of the um, Rugby World Cup trophy. Then, of course, we had them arrive at OR Tambo just to rapturous applause and singing and dancing and South Africans from all walks of life just joining together to celebrate them. And then we had Mapimpi drop the F-bomb in a press conference. Maybe five minutes, I was like, I don't think I'm going to. Sorry about that, sorry about that, sorry about that. So, you know, it's just true South African style. Rugby brings us to our knees and makes us do things that we wouldn't normally do. And that's what we're talking about this week on The Story. We won the Rugby World Cup three times champions. And you know what? I think we can be a little bit smug about it. You're listening to The Story. It's a new podcast from News24. Every week, we're going to take you inside our newsroom. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story. This is what we saw, heard and uncovered this week. Sport24's Rob Howing is in our Cape Town studio and he's joining us now to chat a little bit more about Bokmania, the Rugby World Cup and, you know, what it means for us as a country. Rob, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Jerusha, my pleasure. So, I mean, I don't even know where to start. What an overwhelming result. Had you called it from the beginning? 
Uh, I'm afraid not. Uh, I didn't call the Springboks for World Cup glory as a whole. Uh, and when they got to the final, uh, I have to admit that considering the excellence of uh, England's performance the week before against the supposedly uh, almighty All Blacks, um, common sense had told me that the box had you know, a realistic enough chance, Jerusha, but, but uh, I wouldn't have said uh, more than a sort of a 50-50. So I, I gave them a 45% chance of winning. And, and the, the spectacular outcome, uh, it, it, it was such a pleasure to, to get it so wrong because uh, the box were just magnificent on the day that they really genuinely saved their best for last, uh, a performance worthy of a championship. Yeah, so um, I know my husband and a lot of people after our win went back and kind of hate read all the BBC and British commentary that was <laughs> really snotty ahead of the final. Um, old Matt Dawson saying that if he could choose a squad, he would only choose English players. And we sure showed them, didn't we? Absolutely. You know, plenty of uh, egg on faces uh, on that side of the planet. Um, I, I was just one of the people who made very sure that, uh, that Matt Dawson's tweet about no Springbok cutting the current England side went out to uh, you know, a bigger a bigger platform and that's uh, hopefully the, the Springboks would get wind of it as well. It's the sort of thing that you think, well, it would be quite nice if the coach put a little message like that up on the dressing room uh, door uh, just to remind the guys that it might give them a little bit of an extra push to, to want to excel in the final. And I have to say that the Springboks look like a seriously fired up, motivated, uh, but also very clinical and sharp, uh, composed looking crew. Um, it, was, it was a truly majestic performance. Uh, especially in a final, when finals can be very doer affairs in, in, in world sport, not just in rugby. World Cup soccer finals are often pretty tepid affairs, you know, which drag into extra time and penalties because they're so cagey, so high stakes. Uh, and yet the Springboks actually played with a certain uh, sort of panache, you know, in, in the final as well, which was particularly pleasing. Yeah, I mean, two tries in a final, it was beautiful to watch. It was. Uh, it took something like, uh, you know, 220 or 230 minutes of World Cup final rugby for us to finally cross the chalk for a try. And, and what a fantastic try it was to Makazola Mapimpi. Um, and then Cheslin Colby just put a cherry on top by, uh, you know, stepping his way through uh, four or five very bamboozled and tiring English defenders uh, to, to, to dot a second try. And frankly, come the final whistle, the box with the team still on the attack and looking like the team who would have been the ones to, to add yet another, you know, so majestic was that the sort of extent of their of their dominance on the day it really was beautiful to watch rob rewind for a moment take us back and describe to us you know what what was the the feeling and the expectations of our boys going into the rugby world cup i mean i guess i'm asking were we slated to win this thing or you know what was the feeling when we started no, definitely not. I think that the best emotion you could have installed was sort of quiet optimism. We knew that we had the players across the park to be able to to deliver a competitive tournament. The vast majority of fairly level-headed, um, you know, less than sort of excitable, if you like, South African supporters would have thought, you know, let's just see if we can get to the semis. Let's see if we can get a sort of credible place on the podium by finishing third or as runners-up. And not in their wildest dreams would they have really, at the end of the day, staked their houses on, on the box doing it. So that really puts in perspective just how earth-shattering, you know, the uh, the triumph really was. Yeah, and speaking of earth-shattering, I mean the response now as the Springboks are back on home soil taking that um, cup around the country on a tour. I mean, I don't think we've experienced anything like this uh, since what, 2010? 
it's been extraordinary. It has. Uh, it's taken us all by surprise. I think it certainly took uh, the South African Police Service and uh, you know uh, various staff at OR Tambo by by surprise because they they didn't seem fully prepared <laughs> for uh, for what was to come. I really felt sorry for the Springboks. Uh, you know, as they landed in sort of dribs and drabs and or flights from various corners of the planet. Uh, you know, coming back in sort of waves, and of course they were all completely knackered. Yeah, Rob, I got the impression that um, the whole country was kind of in shock, and our officials and the staff at ORT were totally in shock too because um, when they got off that plane it was very clear that everyone was so excited and there was just no rhyme or reason to what was happening. Yes that's right and, and in some ways you know that sort of chaos was, was almost you know an extra little sort of attribute in a sense. It, it, it demonstrated the, the sheer passion of, of our sporting public and also it's, it was a reminder of the, the kind of the hunger that had finally been, been sort of satisfied because we have been uh, you know through some very tough times. You mentioned 2010 as perhaps being the last time that we all sort of felt a, a real major tangible sense of national pride and unity in sport. Um, that was through, you know, simply hosting uh, the World Cup soccer, which is, you know, as big as it gets uh, in, in international uh, sporting terms. But uh, we haven't had anything like this in terms of actual, you know, tangible trophy holding glory in one of our major sports for, for some considerable time. As you know, our cricket team has still not won a major ICC trophy for many years. And the World Cup in cricket remains incredibly elusive. Some signs of rebirth among Bafana Bafana, I suppose. They did pretty well at the last AFCON in, in Egypt, which is you know something to cling to. But uh, this really was manna from heaven for for South African sports fans and and society as a whole, of course. You know, given given the sort of the challenges uh, that that we've had. Yeah, and that was, um, I think, some of what really touched the nation. Um, Russi and Sia just being so realistic about those challenges um, that we face back home and and really using this win as a way to inspire and encourage South Africans too. But Rob, what I really want from you now is for you to just give us a view forward. What happens now? Talks of a new coach. Um, how are we going to cling to this uh, Rugby World Cup glory and and ensure that we keep performing? Well, uh, the good news really is that um, although Rassi Erasmus uh, steps down uh, from the, the actual portfolio of head coach, um, he's going to just very much sort of evolve his existing role as director of rugby. I think it's still very apparent and, and pretty obvious that he's he's still going to sort of wear the tracksuit, as it were. In other words, he's going to stay very hands-on. Uh, the vibe does seem to be that Jacques Ninaba will be uh, the one um, stepping into the the head coach shoes, but Rossi is a very diligent planner, and as much as the present is so important, he, he is always very religiously looking into the future in terms of getting structures in place, um, having sort of a next cabs on the rank in terms of players who might be retiring, knowing who the uh, the, the successor will be. So you know, the, I think there's there's more to look forward to uh, with this particular World Cup winning Springbok group than there was perhaps in either of '95 or 2007, when we kind of you know we sort of plateaued with the World Cup and then and and then sort of took a bit of a bounce, a bit of a, a sharp fall afterwards. I think the Springboks will stay right up there for the next four years of the next World Cup cycle to, to France 2023. That's a really exciting thought. That's Sport24's Rob Howing. Rob, if our listeners want to um, get in touch with you via Twitter, how can they find you? Uh, they can get hold of me on uh, my Twitter handle, which is uh, at, at Rob Howing. Thanks so much for speaking to us today. Thanks, Jerusha. Joining us now from Cape Town is News 24's Kamva Somdiala. He spent some time in uh, Port Elizabeth in Sia Khaleesi's hometown um, and really got a sense of 
Mutsia means not only to the people of Zuire, where he's from, but also to South Africa. Kamvert, thanks for chatting to us today. Thank you for having me. Kamvert, through your reporting, I guess everybody just walked away with the sense of immense pride that Sia's hometown have for him. I mean, from his primary school mentor, his high school coaches, um, just generally people on the streets even. Man, uh, PE loves, loves Sia, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, they do. Um, During my discovery of what Sia represents to people both in his hometown of Zuide and in the city side of Port Elizabeth is that here there there is a an inspiration and a figure of hope. When when we had visited his former club African Bombers, I asked the coach of the team, I asked, do these young rugby players understand and do they know uh, the seer that we are now portraying and the coach said to me they definitely understand uh, and they know Sia and we want to instill in them that confidence and hope that you work hard and you put your mind to it there's ample opportunity that's available to them yeah and i think the thing that really touched so many of us was that sia acknowledges his background um when interviewed by itv in the uk for instance he you know the the interviewer asked him did you ever imagine that this would you know this would be you and he said look as a child all he thought about was getting his next meal um he's just been so realistic about the reality that so many south africans face and i think that just endears us to him even more it certainly does and he he always makes a point of saving a word for the underdog and and it comes across because he 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 was an underdog himself and what i picked up from his latest press conference after they arrived from from japan was that train hard work hard for that opportunity because it will it will present itself and when it does present itself one needs to be ready and visiting his primary school uh in primary school the teachers and the school kids there they all appreciate and acknowledge the significance of sia they acknowledge what he means to them and the the hope symbol that he carries um and and i would imagine that during the next couple of months when he does go back to to his primary school that it'll be an even more jovial mood given what he's accomplished and how much they respect what he's achieved Tell us a bit more about that, Kamva. Um, Sia going back to his primary school is not unusual at all. In fact, he visits regularly. And as I understand it, he um, is even involved in an initiative that um, gives the primary school kids iPads. Yes, yes. He recently donated iPads and he donated school shoes to the children. And like you say, it's not unusual for old scholars of schools to go back and give back but this one has that added significance to say this is a springbok captain who who hails from from where we are right now and we're able to put a face to to a name where we know that there are endless possibilities for us as well as we grow up 
Yeah, it's enough to give you goosebumps. Kamba, thank you so much for speaking to us today. Thank you very much. The Story is a weekly podcast by News24. It's hosted by me, Jerusha Sukhthiorath, and this week it's produced and edited by Charlene Root with help from Al Colstock in Cape Town. For more on this story and many other stories, visit news24.com.